I read a news article oh. this week uh, that that showed up in my Adam Brody feed that mm-hmm. I have customized. Did you know that John Hamm auditioned to play Sandy on the OC? I literally just had a stroke. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I like I had I couldn't think. It's not just that I was speechless. I forgot the English language. What? What did you just say? John Hamm, star of Mad Men and um, a million other things, auditioned. <laughs> and star of my heart. Star, <laughs> star of Mad Men and also my heart. Yeah, star of Mad Men and also. Um, the only cast member of Baby Driver left who hasn't done something problematic that I know of. You, I should cover my the girl. The girl. There. Did you know that John Hamm? Um, when, yeah, he has done something wrong. I don't know how big of a deal this is. Like this might happen a lot. He, when he was in a in college in a fraternity, he set someone's pants on fire as part, <laughs> as part of a hazing thing. <laughs> he set another. But that's. He set another student's pants funny. on fire. <laughs> I think he had to go to the hospital, but it's still kind that's of funny. funny. <laughs> I think if I think if setting someone's pants on fire is the most problematic thing that you've ever done, you're doing pretty good. True. Especially if it's like you're in a fraternity. I think anything. No, I'm not going to say that. I was going to say anything that happens in a fraternity is excused. Fuck no. Fuck that. But no. Yeah. But but some light hazing. It's better. Yeah. It's certainly some, better than than others. Some light hazing and first degree burns. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. So John Hamm auditioned to play Seth Cohen's dad, Sandy Cohen. Well, um, I can't. I I literally keep trying to picture that, and it doesn't work. Every time, my brain just like shuts down when I try to. And picture... that's what John Hamm said too when he was talking <laughs> about it. He he talks about this is a this is the quote from him. Uh, I remember walking in and being like, "Is that Peter Gallagher?" Why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. God, that is amazing. Yeah, like I'm trying to picture like any scene of the OC and it just being like <laughs> John Hamm. <laughs> I don't have that's the thing. I don't have anything funny to add to that cuz that idea on its own is hilarious. It, it it really is. Like I I can't even, I'm still processing it, so I can't even make jokes, because I haven't, like, gotten over it yet. Also, the the subtitle for this news article is Forget Don Draper. John Hamm was almost cast as another well-known TV dad. I don't think that Don Draper was well-known for being a dad. (laughs) I don't think that was his number one thing. I love, I love a wonderful cheating father. Definitely. (laughs) That was that was the highlight. The highlight of the show was definitely those wonderful moments where where Don Draper was just a good father. So it's it's so packed. Where he really those, sat down and got to know his kids. Yes, it's so packed full of those scenes where it's clear that he knows um, his kids. Because honestly, <laughs> I haven't watched a lot of Mad Men, but from what I did watch, he um, it's Mad Men. It's, it's plural. I know. Yeah. I know. I, I that that was not a mental typo. It was just a physical failure. Failure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm like not even positive. Which once again, I'm like, I get that that's just how fathers were back then. But I'm like, do you mm-hmm. even know your children? So I wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't say that was the highlight. Yeah. Have you seen those those tweets where people are like, God, we need to get back to to this. Uh, we need, we need society to go back to this because this was the good times, and it's like screen caps of Mad Men and like 
Marvelous Miss Maisel and like all of these 50s shows that are kind of like directly depicting how shitty the 50s was. I mean, I. And people just completely missing the point. To be fair, when I watch Mrs. Maisel and I see like her wardrobe, I'm like, damn, I do wish I lived then just so I could dress like that. Yeah. Like it is, it is phenomenal. But. You know, the sexism I could do without. The sexism, the racism, the homophobia, all of it kind of overlapping. Yeah, I think I would give up Um, the cool dresses for, yeah, I don't need, I don't need them. I also, though, do think I would just start wearing those every day in my life today. There was a girl I went to high school with who every day dressed in like nice 50s, 60s. That is so iconic. Full dressed up, like curled her hair every morning, did the full face of makeup, and it was pretty badass. That is that is main character energy. I wish. Yeah. I wish that. Can I say one more thing about John Hamm? Yes, always. He shared that little tidbit about the OC on a on roll on the Rolling Stones podcast. Mm -hmm. So hey, John Hamm. (laughs) If you want to make another podcast appearance, sounds like you had a good time on the Rolling Stone, and clearly you love to talk about the OC, so hit us up. Because that is natural progression, is going from the Rolling Stones podcast to this piece of shit that only our closest friends listen to. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. It's like when you go out for a really nice steak dinner, and then you come home and you just eat handfuls of fucking cookie dough. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Just straight, straight from the fucking tin. John Hamm, I would love to talk to you about so many things. So, you're welcome anytime. Anytime. Yeah. If you and if you need to like set my f- pants on fire or something <laughs> just to feel at home here, that's totally fine. I'll take the hit. <laughs> okay. Okay, now let's start the show. <laughs> Welcome back to Brody Quest. I'm Rainy. I'm Shannon, and here on the world's uh, best and only Adam Brody fan cast, what we like to do is take a deep dive chronologically uh, into the career of actor Adam Brody. Um, and this week we're doing something a little different. Well, we're, yeah, we, we're fast forwarding. Forwarding. I can't speak. We're kind of jumping ahead, doing the time warp. Yeah, we we decided to take a little trip into the future, all the way into uh, 2020, the best year. Um, (laughs) And today we're going to, I'm very excited, today we're going to be talking about Kid Detective. I'm so fucking amped. I'm so fucking amped. This I love this movie. I already ordered the DVD. It's coming tomorrow. I'm going to watch it 10 more times. Fuck yes. In a day. I I agree. I was which obviously we were excited for this film. We were anticipating this film before last year before it came out. Um yeah. We we talked to we talked to Adam Brody about how we wanted to see this film, but we didn't want to go into a theater, which he was very understanding about. He said, "Yeah, don't go into a theater." Yeah. But yeah, it was finally released um, on digital, so we were able to watch it, and we just, we couldn't hold, we couldn't wait any longer, so we decided we wanted to talk about it. So do you want to give, like, just a kind of quick uh, synopsis of what this movie is about? 
Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so this movie uh, is about a... I'm going to start over because that was a terrible start. Uh, this <laughs> this movie follows Adam Brody as he plays Abe Applebaum, a former kid detective. Now, I think he's supposed to be in like his 30s. Yeah, I would say, yeah, late 30s. Yeah, he plays a the washed up kind of 30 something uh, evolution of that kid detective who never really learned how to do anything else. He's still doing detective work, but it's just kind of, it's very slow. He doesn't really get many jobs, and they're all pretty crappy, lowball stuff. Um, and he's, it's just Adam Brody being sad and drinking himself to death while trying to solve a crime. That's my brief synopsis. Yeah. We can go into detail. Yeah, that was really good. I was the, just like, this was, um, because obviously Anna Brody is the star of this film and he did great, but I also say this was written and directed by Evan Morgan, who has a, not a very uh, long list of projects he's done, but I was blown away by this film and like a big, huge part it's of so it was odd. that the writing was so airtight. It was phenomenal. So mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to definitely give the, uh, give the credit where it's due because yeah it was i was i was blo- i was very quickly like oh shit this is going to be really good yeah and and i you could tell that from the the fucking trailers which mm-hmm. a lot of the time there's a lot of movies that have really tight uh writing and really good casts and the, the trailers just kind of got like there's something about them that makes the the movie end up getting overlooked most of the time, sometimes uh, you it's sometimes it's hard to convey a well written movie through just the what like minute and a half trailer that you put out. But I was fucking on board from the trailer. Aside from it being Adam Brody, I think trailers <clears throat> a lot of the times are about trying to grab your attention in the, like the loudest way, which is mm-hmm. great for like action movies that are full of explosions or something. But it's like it can be harder to convey, you know other things about movies or things about movies that are, you know, not quite as action-y, which, like, this movie had yeah. action, but not, like, crazy things blowing up kind of, you know, not, like, superhero action. Yeah. But but I think that the trailer did such a good job of already showing, like, no, this is going to be really interesting. Yeah. I And I'd, I'd like to add, especially this movie, this movie has a very kind of quiet, slow pace slow slow ish like stuff is still happening there's still like the intrigue of the mystery that he's trying to solve throughout but like it's he's just such a beaten down character that it is very um all the humor is very like underplayed mm-hmm. and uh that's what I wrote is that so much of the humor is it's not in which once again this is this is something that's different for a lot of the roles that he's typically cast in is that typically it is very comedic acting where it's like it's not necessarily about how funny the writing is it's about the delivery Mm -hmm. and in this so much of the delivery was just kind of deadpan it was about the fact that what they're saying was just so cleverly written and just so like so you know fast and like that you I'd barely catch a joke and or I'd still kind of be getting over a joke and they'd be already on to saying something else just so witty that I just loved just like even in near the very beginning where he's um he's meeting with his parents because his parents are like worried and frustrated with him because he's just 
still sticking to this dying detective business, even though like he's now just solving these kind of pathetic cases Mm -hmm. and his parents are kind of frustrated with that. So they're having this conversation. And so they're like asking about what cases are you doing? And he's reluctant to tell him because he's, he knows it's lame. And then he finally says like, Oh, well this one I just had, there's this guy who came to me um, and he wanted me to find out if this other guy was gay. And they're kind of like taken aback. But then the mom just goes like, well, was he? And, and Abe says, yeah, a little bit. And she goes, hmm, that's nice. And then they just like move on. And I was, bit. I was losing it. Just, yeah, a little bit. That's nice. And it was just so like nonchalant. Mm-hmm. All of the jokes are so deadpan, but they're like laugh out loud funny. Uh-huh. And it was- the, the callback to that line too is like <laughs> just so well done where later he, for the, like the big main crime of the movie, he's going to investigate this teenager and it happens to be the son of the guy that he was investigating before. So as he's, as he's rolling up, he has his um, kind of sidekick girl with with him. And he, he goes, oh, wait, I was investigating this kid's dad the other week. He His dad might be gay. Don't say anything. And the girl's like, okay. And then they he tries to <laughs> interrogate this kid. And the kid tells what is he what does the kid say or, originally do you well, remember it's it's just because it's just because abe is trying to ask him questions but asking very outdated questions because like he's asking oh, things yeah. about you know the gangs that were around when he was in high school and the hangout spots that were around when he was in high school which like aren't a thing anymore so mm-hmm. he asks a question and the kid just looks at the girl and goes oh so he knows nothing <laughs> yeah he's like you're not very good at this and then abe just very deadpan goes yeah well your dad's gay <laughs> It just was, stares at him. <laughs> it was phenomenal. And the way that the kid took it, too, where, like, he wasn't all that shocked or anything. He just kind of looked sad. It was so Yeah, funny. he just stared at him sadly and then walked off. Um, since you mentioned it, we should we should get into kind of the meatier part of this. Yeah. <laughs> Which are two aspects. One is that it's kind of following this trauma he has from when he was younger, when he was this kid detective. He had this... This girl who was his kind of secretary, but also his friend, and she went missing. Mm. Um, and so that's kind of in the background of, you know, a big motivation of why he wants to prove himself is because he was never able to solve, you know, her being missing. Um, yeah. But then this young, this high school girl, I mean, I think she's like 16. She comes and says, you know, hey, my my boyfriend was murdered and the police are doing a shitty job of finding out who did it. I'd yeah. like you to, you know, to investigate. Um, so that's the bulk of, of this film is him trying to to find the boyfriend's murderer, but running into mm-hmm. all these obstacles because uh, he realizes he can't just really pick up where he left off as a kid. Yeah. And I and so I'd like to say before we really get into it that I would because it's such a new movie, I'd like to in our summary of it really only focus on the first like third if we can, because I don't want to spoil it. Like right. everyone should go fucking see this movie. It is so well made. Absolutely, that sounds um, good to me. Yeah, and so I'd also like to say that this movie is really heavily inspired by these series of books that I read as a kid called the Encyclopedia Brown series or something like that, like the Adventures of Encyclopedia Brown or something like that, that I think is from like the 60s that is about this kid detective who I think that he, I think he solves crimes out of his garage. He has his little like um office, in quotes, set up in his garage and he solves kids mysteries for quarters um which happens in the beginning of the film when they're giving this exposition about how he used to how abe used to be the kid detective is he solved kids mysteries for quarters and like 
each book was titled like the case of the missing lunch money or the case of the spinning egg. And like, it's just these really innocuous kid mysteries, which they, they play off of that book series so well in this movie while also making it its own thing where like there'd be these little references to these series of books where I would get so excited and they they play off it in really funny ways. So not only was I excited, like, hey, I recognize this thing that I used to love as a kid, but also they're pointing out the ridiculousness of this series because like in in the books and in this movie, the one of the police officers comes to this kid detective with like clues of some of their smaller crimes and stuff. So the like kid detective and this police uh, officer kind of have this back and forth relationship where they he he will sometimes help the police. And in the movie, um, Abe is very frustrated because again he can't solve that the disappearance of his friend. Um, and when he finally sees that police officer from when he was a kid again, he's like, why did you never return my calls? And the police officer is like, you were 12. And you're like, oh, yeah, he was 12. It's crazy that a police officer would be asking this 12-year-old kid for help. Yeah. And like, I, I also watched with my dad, and he was the one, because he read those novels when he was uh, a kid, too. So it was just really fun sitting there and reliving all of these things. And like the there's the childhood like gang of bullies, the Red Shoe Gang in this movie that I don't remember what their equivalent is in the books, but like in the books, obviously it's just this gang of like bullies who pick on kids and take their lunch money or whatever. And are the antagonists of a lot of the books, but in the movie, like, because now it's set in the future, they've grown up to be like a full on criminal biker gang, which is so funny to me. Yeah, no, that was, that was great. And yeah, it was just, it's just a delight. And like, again, so it's playing off of these books, but it does a really good job of also being its own thing. And you can, totally enjoy it if you never read any of those books well yeah because i i i came into it not knowing that never having read those and i i enjoyed it so much Every, everything about it like was just phenomenal and i still found it just as charming and just as funny even though i knew none of that so definitely you can come into it mm -hmm. without having having that background and still enjoy it um i just loved how it also wasn't a, like, I mean, because obviously it's a heavy movie, um, just since it's talking about murders and whatnot. Um, and the disappearance of a young girl, yep. which is the through line of it. Yep. But um, but I just love that they also, you know, they weren't afraid to, like, use that within the humor, too. Mm -hmm. Which not like making outlandishly dark jokes, but just like the one line when they're talking about... They mention someone and the girl goes, oh, isn't he the one that hung himself? And Abe responds, yeah, he also founded the Potato Festival. Yeah. And once again, just so like so genuinely and deadpan that it's just like I just was losing it over all of yeah, these. That was one of my favorite lines. All of these single lines that were just so there was so much comedy packed in them. It was crazy. Yeah. And I think we, we like. We could probably spend the rest of this episode quoting <laughs> funny lines and maybe get through about half of them because it's like every other yeah. thing it was that crazy. a character says. Which I mean, that, that's, which, that's one of the great things because it made me be like, oh, I can't like I know that this is going to be amazing to rewatch because there there are so many jokes in here. It's like I'm sure there's ones I didn't even catch. I'm sure there's ones I forgot and yeah. it'd be great to relive. And it's like I love those kinds of films where the script is so dense that it takes like you can just rewatch it and still 
get as much satisfaction out of it. Yeah, it's it just a amazing how well put together this film is in every aspect. I'd also like to bring up like the editing of it, especially like the sound design coupled with the actual like picture editing. It like vaguely reminded me of Edgar Wright, who did, um, you know, like Scott Pilgrim and Baby Driver. I know. Um, uh, yeah, I'm just saying that for the audience oh, okay, okay. purposes. I know that I thought you, you were know, insulting. You're... I thought you were insulting no, 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 my no. intelligence. I'm just trying to make it for a, a pleasant listening experience okay. where we are. I'm name dropping someone. I don't want them to have to fucking pause the episode and go to IMDb, which no one would because they can just Google Edgar Wright. <laughs> it's not that hard. Yeah, but that's not as fun to say. <laughs> I like saying IMDb. Leave me uh, alone. Okay, sorry. Carry on, carry on. Um, But like a lot of really funny, like the, the editing itself is very funny. Like there's a lot of quick cuts and um really clever transitions and the fucking music choices mm-hmm. are so good where it's like this, like the, they use songs that are very fun, like kind of unknown 50s pop songs that give it this really nice nostalgic sheen to it but then even just the score of like the background music is stylized so perfectly to feel like this like 50s mystery pulp novel soundtrack and it was like I don't remember what scene it was but there there were there were several where I found myself stopping and paying attention to the music more than what was actually happening on screen because I was like damn, that is so cool what they're doing here. And I think, I feel like it's rare that a lot of times movies either they're like, okay, we're going to focus on having a really intricate and intelligent score or they're like, we're going to focus on having a really good soundtrack. And the fact, like, this movie did such a good job of, like, integrating the two where, like, the score was so good, the soundtrack was so good, and they, like, went together it was Mm -hmm. i i had i had the same moments where there'd be times where i was like i noticed how good the score was and how much but once again it's like not like i noticed because it was obvious because all of a sudden i was like so into a scene and i'd be like oh my gosh it's because the music is drawing me in like yeah it's because every and not even just the music but like even like the way it is being shot while the music is playing that Mm -hmm. it's everything is so perfectly fit together that you are appreciating it while also enjoying the scene because sometimes if you start thinking about that stuff you'll get taken out of the scene but that is not the case with this Mm -hmm. movie like everything is just so well put together like i i was in awe of it good job everyone it reminded me a lot both the movie in general and, and also specifically the score it reminded me of what I loved so much about Knives Out mm-hmm. which was you know reminiscent of like this old whodunit film but able to mix it so well with you know more modern pacing and editing and everything and this even though this was very different plot very different circumstances it had kind of that same feel that I loved so much about Knives Out and that so many people loved about Knives Out so yeah yeah, definitely. If if you if you were a big fan of Knives Out, I think you would enjoy this. Because I would, yeah. I, I would also I would give the uh, content warning that the ending gets pretty fucking dark. Yeah, for a moment, it. I am still undecided whether or not like it was justified. Because like I feel like throughout the entire movie, there is this underlying this this very like a lot of darkness kind of underlying the comedic aspects of what's happening but like 
it gets intense at the end. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like, I don't really know how to, to... I mean, okay, so basically, like, the beginning... The movie starts with his childhood friend with her getting abducted. So, and, like, they obviously... They don't show anything related to that, but that in of itself, it kind of tells you this kind of stuff that they're going to be talking about throughout the movie. So, like, um, watch out for that, I guess. But I, yeah, I, definitely a content warning there. I feel like they kind of, I feel like they they managed it. Oh no, definitely. I think like it. That's a hard thing to. It's that's a hard balancing act to do, and I feel like they they did it all right. No, they they definitely did a good job. Once again, no spoilers, but during <laughs> during one very intense scene, um, when I was watching, my dad came in. My dad came into my room because he needed to talk to me about unemployment. So I had to pause <laughs> in the middle of this really intense thing to talk. Which about one was un- it? I will I will edit it out. Which oh one was no, it? no, I mean it was right after and I was like. Fuck. And then my dad came in and was like, was like, oh yeah, I know you were upset because you thought yesterday was the last day to file, but you could actually. And then he just kept, he like kept giving me more and more information, and I was just sitting there like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, like so stressed out because of what I like, what was just happening, and the fact that I had to pause in the middle of this happening. Um, yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about Adam Rohde specifically, his performance. I would love to. This this movie i I would also first like to say rainy that i have a theory of what is happening currently i think that you and i are truly going to be ushering in the new era of brody because Uh like i think i think that his film career is starting to pick back up he had a a supporting role in ready or not which was fantastic i think we've already talked about that on this podcast he made a guest appearance in Shazam, which everyone fucking loved because it was iconic. Again, like in Promising a Young Woman, his, his, they used Adam Brody's name to like promote that movie and he was not in it very much. Mm -hmm. And now he starred in this movie and did a fucking bang up job. And right alongside all of that comes us starting a podcast talking about how great he is. And I think that we are right at the beginning of like, Adam Brody appreciation is going to go off the fucking charts and we're going to be partly responsible. And I think that's going to fucking rocket us to success too. I truly hope I um, am much more cynical about this, but I hope you're right. Um, I know. I I think you're, I think you're absolutely right. in the fact that Adam Brody is going to start getting a lot more recognition because I agree. He's really starting to jump back in the game more in these past Mm -hmm. few years. Um, But I, I have more but, doubts on whether or not what's the, we will be affected by What's the natural next step of that? People who are new to Adam Brody will go looking for the maximum amount of Adam Brody content that they can, and what will they find but the best and only Adam Brody fan cast. Okay, let's hope. Us. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I'm right. Okay, anyway. Do you want to talk about Adam Brody now? <laughs> yes, I already was. Okay. Do you want to start? I guess. I mean, I'm like... I don't, I don't even know where to begin. Like, once again, as we've already said, this movie is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And obviously a huge part of that is, is the fact that, that he is at the lead and he is, like I said before, it's, it's very different than a lot of what he does because the acting, it's not very comedic. It's very, it's much more subdued and serious and intense. And this character is, you know, has a lot more depth to it. 
but he does such a phenomenal job of pulling you in and like I don't know. I don't. I, 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 <laughs> I thought I don't, you were going to say pulling you in and just holding you close. I mean, yeah, I, I would say that that is accurate. And he does such a good job, too, of the, the chemistry with the other actors. too. Like, I love the dynamic of Abe and Caroline. I almost forgot her name. Mm-hmm. I love like his dynamic with her was fantastic. And he just he felt like. Like there was when I was watching this, I'm like, yeah, he's a leading man, but not, you know, it oh, it, yeah. it was just such a moment, bef- you know, where it's like, because this is the first movie we've seen where he is, you know, absolutely unquestionably like just the star of this movie. He is he is doing yeah. everything, and it was so nice to see, and it was so I I, I was just I don't know, it, it was just another moment where I was like. I am so completely in awe of his acting, just the way that he has this charisma that draws you in. But then he also has the talent behind that to follow through, you know? I, yeah, I, and I, I would say that like, we, and we've, we've talked about this before, like kind of his very, um, like kind of quirky charm that he has. Like he has that very specific way of speaking. Like he just talks better than other people. We've already, we've already gone into that, but what really became apparent with this movie is that like, yes, he has charm and he is very clearly a leading man, but it is not in the same vein as like any of the, the Marvel leading men is a perfect example. Like mm-hmm. they have charm and it's a lot of like kind of bravado and uh, a lot of comedic acting skills, you know, mm-hmm. like they have like a big, big, strong man, leading man energy. Yep. Adam Brody ha- is a leading man because he just comes across as so down to earth and human in fucking everything, even in the shit that he's been in, where he has not had very many lines, or he is playing really ridiculous characters. He is always so likable. I know that we have a bias, but like... <laughs> He is genuinely like in the in the short film that he was in with Rashida Jones, like he's playing um, this really goofy over the top, like very overly sarcastic, washed up, um, not washed up, washed up, not the name, former child, like poster child. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he's and he's also, again, barely in that because it's about Rashida Jones. But I mean, I would say he's so... barely in that, but <laughs> I mean, it's short. So he it, but he's like, it is about Rashida Jones. It's not about his character. Yeah. And again, like a former poster, uh, March of the Dimes poster child who is very dorky and overly sarcastic, like that could easily be, like inherently that's funny, right? Like that's a funny character to put mm-hmm. in your thing. That's quirky. But like you, it's hard to make that like have a, a grounded human element to it. And that is what he is so good at. I mean, I think um, the the best word to describe it is just like genuine. Yes. Every role he has feels so genuine and like just so true and that's what i love is even in even in some of the other things we've seen in these smaller roles and sometimes they're ridiculous and sometimes it's terrible scripts and everything but it's like (laughs) he always is he still brings everything to it like i've never seen a project where i'm like yeah he didn't really care about this one like he just in fucking city guys, when he orders that water, <laughs> we said it. We said it at the time, and I'll fucking say it again. He ordered that water. He was thirsty, and he got what he wanted. Actually, I don't think he did. I don't think that guy ever brought him his water. I don't think he did. It's he, he was not a good server. No, he was terrible. He didn't actually work there. Um, 
my other my other thing that I would add about Kid Detective is that like we've again another thing that we've said about him before is that he's really good at that balancing act of a of comedic and also very emotional and heart wrenching like um, plenty of moments from the OC that we've talked about. Ready or not is a great thing, but like he always. I don't, I don't think it's a choice that he makes. I think it's usually the roles that he is playing lean more to that comedic side than they do the emotional, heavy-hitting side. Mm-hmm. This movie is the inverse, where he is playing a very damaged character and the movie is very much about his journey of kind of redeeming himself and forgiving himself. Where, like, yeah, he's saying all these funny things, but again, it's very clearly a coping mechanism for all the other stuff that's going on, and he plays that side really well. Yeah, no, it definitely... Because we, like, we've said so many times, we love the fact that he has this more serious side and he can do these more serious roles, but a lot of times it's still not the main focus. No. And so finally seeing a role where, you know, it really, it was a dramatic role. Of course there's comedy in Mm -hmm. it. Of course it was funny, but it really was a dramatic role. And so to see him just be able to fully lean into that and not, not, not having to just sprinkle it throughout the comedy, but just really, truly lean into that. Yeah. It was really phenomenal. And I hope we get to see more of it. Um, because like I said, era of the Brody, he's going to be in some shit. Yes. It's going to be awesome. We really, this is, it's just going to be a gift for all. And this movie on its, even if this is all we get, actually, I will say that if, if for some fucking reason this doesn't usher in an era of, of Adam Brody, which it should, because it's incredible. If, if this is the main thing that we get, it's a damn fine one hit wonder. Absolutely. It is, it's incredible. So I, I'll be disappointed, sure, but I, We'll will not be sad, if that makes sense. I'm with you. I'm with you. It'll still be it'll still be worth it for what we got, you know. Yeah, I would also like to say a lot of piss content. In this <laughs> oh, one. I was fucking. I'm so mad. I was saying, hey, we're 40 minutes in. I think we might get through it without <laughs> Shane and saying that exact <laughs> phrase that I did not want to hear. There is a good, healthy portion of Adam Brody piss content in this movie. So if that's what you want, if you want shots of Adam Brody pissing and looking sad, I don't like, I've got good I news I don't for you. like the energy. I do not like the energy <laughs> we're bringing. I do not enjoy it. I'm, I'm, I'm enrolled in a film analysis course this quarter at my, my college, and... Um, a part of that course is we are supposed to really look into like what is the filmmaker's intent when they include these shots like what is this specific shot trying to tell us because it's in there for a reason like otherwise it wouldn't have been shot and or it would have been edited out in the editing process so i wonder what the filmmaker's intent was for just showing us adam brody's piss well as a <laughs> I because there's there are a bunch of things that that just on their own could have been explained by other things, but when they started building up, first of all, the yes, the amount that we saw him taking a piss, then later he was throwing up, which I was like, okay, he it was after a night of drinking and 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 other things, mm-hmm. but still that combined, and then also he was like mixing up all. There was a point where I was like, is he like is this gonna end in like does he just have cancer? Like what is happening? Oh my god. <laughs> genuinely a moment where i was like is that where this is? are they like dropping all these hints here because i was like otherwise why is this being included 
Um, I will say that the pissing scene is he does it each morning after he wakes up. So I think the intent is that they're trying to show the monotony of his normal yeah. everyday routine. He wakes up, he takes a piss, and he looks at himself in the mirror sadly. But see, we only um, got two piss. There I- are other ways to do that, guys, that don't involve piss. Or I think if, if could- that's really what they wanted to go to, you need at least three piss scenes, you know, to really, <laughs> to really solidify that like, okay, this is an everyday routine. Two, two is a coincidence. Three is a pattern. <laughs> so you're saying that Kid Detective either had too many piss scenes or not enough? No, I'm. Yes, I'm. I'm saying no, no. I'm saying that if you're gonna go for, if you're gonna make this point, you need to fully go for it. I don't. I don't want to put up with this piss content for you to not fully get to your point you know like you need to really get it across if you're if you're gonna go ahead and do this it's Chekhov's piss all right if you set up a piss in act one you gotta pay it off in act three okay filmmakers oh my god (laughs) um it's hard because there's so many other things i want to talk about but they're you know spoilers like i don't have yeah it's a mystery movie so it's hard to say a lot without giving away some key detail i will say i i can't ask you just without saying anything about it were you first of all were you surprised with were you surprised by the ending and were you satisfied with the ending i will say that i was surprised by the ending there's always that moment when you're whenever you watch a mystery movie you know where you kind of decide it gets to a certain point where you think you have enough information and you've decided yeah i figured it out Mm -hmm. you know and you you have that thought where you're like this person did it like they say something and you're like great that's the final clue i i i've connected the dots um but you didn't connect shit yep (laughs) and so like i yeah i i really liked the ending i was satisfied by it um Again, part of my satisfaction with the ending came from how, not not the reveal itself, like not the who did the crime, mm-hmm. but the last, you know, that like that final piece that kind of drops into place. Yeah. I was really impressed with what that piece was. Again, trying to avoid spoilers, <laughs> which makes it hard. But like, it is simultaneously the important piece that drops into place to solve the mystery. It's not only that, but it's also the piece that drops into place that like really kind of kicks him down that final cliff of character development yeah where it is like it it was it was really satisfying i will i will say that like that the dark kind of turn at the end when everything is revealed and um it, it got very close to crossing the line of being just like a little too much for me um oh really yeah, it has like, because again, they don't say anything and they don't show anything. It has an implied graphicness to it that was like, it. they stopped just short of like really taking me out of the movie. Um, like I like I said, they, I think they pulled it off, but like it, and I, I think that the reason that they pulled it off is because it's kind of there beneath the surface throughout the rest of the movie. So like when it, finally kind of all boiled over and like rose up to the top i'm thinking like oh well yeah of course Mm -hmm. that is how that is yeah um 
Like if if they had gone straight comedy for the rest of it, and then this shit was oh no 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 was at no. the end, I would it would have been so fucking <laughs> no Oof. absolutely they I mean they had to match the tone throughout, which I mean it 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 was because I mean because that's why I felt in the beginning I felt like I was shocked that it was that that the tone was quite as serious as it was, mm-hmm. but. But definitely then once we started kind of getting to what the content was, I was like, oh, absolutely. This is what this is what it needed to be for it to work. Yeah. And I will I will say I know that this isn't our Promising Young Woman uh, episode, but I had a similar feeling about the Promising Young Woman ending, but kind of with a different connotation to it. Like both movies at the end, I found myself thinking, oh, yeah, of course, that's how this movie ends. But with. Kid Detective was more like, oh, yeah, of course. But with Promising Young Woman, it was more like, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I will say that that thought about Promising Young Woman occurred at the at what do you think is the ending before the kind of final moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you have any do you have any last comments on the Kid Detective? Um, last comments on the Kid Detective. Fucking watch it. It's five ninety nine to rent on Amazon and it might be my movie of the year Dude, for 2020. it was only 369 I'm think, wait, for me to rent it. Pfft. Why is that? Why do you get Well, I rented it, I rented it on Vudu. And on Vudu, when you sign up for a new account, they also give you a discount on your first purchase. So it was only 369. So everyone take a pro tip from Rainy <laughs> and do it that way cuz that's fucking smart. Um as usual, she is much more resourceful than I am. Um I'm actually, hang on, hang on. I want to do one thing. I want to look at the movies that came out in 2020, and I want to see if this is actually my movie of the year. I can't remember what I watched last year, besides <laughs> besides Wonder Woman, because it was like the last movie I watched last year. Yeah. But it definitely does not rank <laughs> close. Uh, Scoob came out last year. <laughs> um, Trolls World Tour came out last year so yes, yeah we have to give we that the respect to the podcast gods <laughs> yeah not a lot that i watch it looks like i missed some ones well are i i mean but also good there were so many that were supposed to come out that were then delayed so it's like it mm-hmm. kind of was a sparse but even if it wasn't a sparse year this definitely would have been very high on my list yeah i think it's probably I, I would put I would put th- this is the top. Um, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie and Birds of Prey are up there with it, but this is definitely number one. I don't think I enjoyed, especially because you were miss uh, we were missing out on that theater experience so much that like I don't think I. I mean, I guess I did see Sonic and Birds of Prey in theaters, but like they were kind of weird experiences. Um, when did Birds of Prey even come out? That actually might be 2019. I think it yeah. came out in 2019 and then overlapped into 2020. Yeah, because I think because I'm pretty sure I saw that in 2019. Because when I was thinking, because I, because I realized for a long, because I was thinking recently, I was like, what's the last movie I saw in theaters? Because for a really long mm-hmm. time, I thought it was 1917. Because I saw 1917 in theaters because they brought it back after the yeah. um, award shows. <laughs> what is it? Fuck The Oscars? Oh, my God. Did you forget the name of the Oscars? I literally sat there being like, it's not the Emmys. <laughs> what the fuck is it called? <laughs> they brought it back rough. after the Oscars. So I thought that that was the last That's movie. why this podcast is labeled as a comedy podcast <laughs> and not an entertainment podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then I realized I was like, wait, I think actually... 
I went and saw Onward with your family after that. So I was like, no. But that was 2019. We didn't. We did not see Onward in 2019. No, we did not. It was when you were back a little bit before spring break. It was in like the end of February. Oh, I'm crazy. Yeah, okay. you are. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog movie is really good, though. But yeah, Kid Detective, number <laughs> one movie that it was supposed to come out in technically came out in 2020. But like if you were being safe and were going to movie theaters, you probably didn't see it then. A um, little bit of shade you there. Can, <laughs> you can see it now. Rent it. It's good. You'll enjoy it. Pinky promise. Or your money back, but not from me. <laughs> who are you who are you gonna force to pay him back? Amazon. Okay. I will fucking hold Jeff Bezos at gunpoint. Regardless. But if it <laughs> you know, if it comes up and people want the Regardless, money back, I'll throw you'll you'll already be doing that, but while you're doing it, you can be like, oh hey, by the way. He set up a new website this week to for people to report unions of Amazon employees. Fuck off. So like if if someone gives you a flyer and you work for Amazon and that like they're giving you a card or something encouraging you to try and join a union, you're supposed to fucking report it through this website. Um so I spent like an hour today just on that website submitting contact form after contact form of just random bullshit. <laughs> Um, I copied and pasted the lyrics of All Star into it, like, easily fucking 20 times. Um, the best one was I pretended to be Shredder from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I told him about a, a, a union of mutant turtles in the sewer who were being mean to me. I hope that the person that reads all of those enjoys them a lot. Um. Yeah, me too. And I hope that- I just hope that he shuts down the fucking site because of all the spam that's coming through. I hope that- I'm actually not going to finish that thought because it's a little too aggressive. But yes, I agree. He's a slime ball. Um, yeah, I hope that Jeff Bezos dies as well. <laughs> hey, that is, you don't know that that's what I was going to say. I'm not going to deny You're it, right. but you don't know. Technically, I don't. And I just said that. How about this? How about this? How about this? I don't hope that Jeff Bezos dies. Wink, wink. <laughs> I think and now that's, we're not. That's still yeah, on now the we're not line. legally. Yeah. Um, do you have any final thoughts about Kid Detective other than everyone should watch it? Um, no, just that once again, it's like, I'm also like, part of me wishes that I could have watched it twice before we recorded this just because there's so much more. And another yeah. part of me feels like probably we should come back to it and like much later talk about it again with a bunch of spoilers. Mm -hmm. Um, but I agree that, that for now it's good to, to keep it with less but it is also hard because there's like there's just i just want it which i could just talk to you about it but yeah. yes phenomenal everyone go see it i was gonna it was fantastic don't go see it stay and see it it was great <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of brody quest i'm rainy and i'm shannon uh wait hang on we, can we we kind of jumped the gun i wanted to say something before okay, we yeah, like yeah, say yeah, our yeah. sign off phrase i want to say that at, when we were recording this it is the first week that episodes have like actually gone up for people to listen to and i have gotten a handful of really nice messages from people some people who i didn't expect to get messages from about my adam brody podcast that i have had i have had the same experience that um i was very stressed and nervous not because i had high expectations but just because i'm always stressed and nervous <laughs> um and i once again i didn't have i didn't have any expectation that anyone that I didn't know would be listening to this, but I did feel like 
okay, the people I know and care about aren't even going to care about this, but I also mm-hmm. received so many messages from my friends, and yeah, I agree, people that I did not expect to listen to it, of people listening to it, and 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 texting me specific things about it, so I know they listen to it, and they're not just lying, and it yeah. made my heart so warm and happy, so thank you everyone that did listen. Um, yeah, shout out to my former history teacher. She's super cool. <laughs> she listened. That's awesome. Hello. Yeah, it's pretty great. What's up, Miss Star? I'd also like to say, though, while that that warmed my heart and made me so happy, um, another thing that you could do that will warm my heart and make me even happier is leave reviews wherever you're listening to it. Give us... Ha- I was going to say give us five stars. Guess however many you think we deserve, but like five stars is obviously preferred. <laughs> Recommend it. To people, if you've got friends who need a podcast to listen to, or maybe they really are starting to get really into Ada Brody for some reason, send them our way. For some I, reason, there's so many reasons. You said that. <laughs> you said that like, like it's an unreasonable thing. I said it because I still feel like he's not like the most well known. He's not. But he's not actor. So. <laughs> people, when when I encounter people being really into him who aren't us, I just. <laughs> I'm always caught off guard. Um, the like the nicest stuff. I've had uh, several people who have listened to the first episode say that they didn't have any interest in Adam Brody uh, because obviously they were just listening to it because they are our friends and were being supportive. But they were like, I had no interest in Adam Brody. I was just listening to it for you guys. But it's I still found it entertaining um, and had fun listening to it. So like, which is a podcast for everybody. And I hope that those people will quickly find their interest in adam brody because oh yeah it's fine to come into it with no interest but you should leave it with some interest it has to it'll it'll happen through osmosis even if they don't know it (laughs) slowly they'll just realize that they're needing more adam brody in their lives actually just through through in the editing process i'm um i'm putting in there's this very specific low tone that's imperceptible (laughs) To the ears, but it, it your brain registers it and it makes you crave Adam Brody. Uh-huh. I think we need to... It's called the Brody note. <laughs> we need to find a way to to broadcast that this... to the whole world. No, I, no that's not where oh, I was going. Oh, I thought you were trying to get me to shut up. <laughs> no, I mean, that's probably also very true, but... <laughs> I thought you were being like, Shane, and you're going too long. Because this is starting to become very convoluted, but... Okay, yeah. do you want me? Now there's a deep lore to our podcast. Are, are we good now? Should I? Can, I? can I? Can I do it? Can I do it? Yeah, do the thing. Okay. <clears throat> well, thank you for listening to this episode of Brody Quest. I'm Rainy. I'm Shannon. And acknowledge us now. Or lose us forever. 